Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Amen? Amen. If I'm in the right house, can you just say amen? Yeah. If I'm in the right house. All right, so I got this clicker. We're going to see if it's going to work. Eric, you're a good man. I just let you know. I don't know if Emma's here today, but just know, Eric, you're a good man. Thank you for this clicker. <laughs> All, right. All right. So we've been working through the Ten Commandments in nine weeks. Ten Commandments in nine weeks. And, you know, I think they're interconnected. So when I look at... Um, when I look at how to do life, I'm going to go back because it's working over here. That's just me. Hey, wait, Eric, that's just me again. Hold on. We're going to fix this. <laughs> Jesus. Now, last week, last week we talked about uh, the big one, which was the first commandment. That was last week. And what we talked about was the fact that we ought to love God with everything that we have and love each other as we love ourselves. God started with the big one, the first one, because God wanted to express his love towards us. That no matter what, we would start off from the beginning, not in terms of do's and don'ts and requirements. God says, let me express my love for you so that you can love each other. What God shared with us last week is, first of all, that we ought to love God with everything that we have just because of that of who he is. God shared with us that I am that I am. Because of who he is, that God is the one who wakes us up. God is the one that provides. God is the one who keeps us when we can't keep ourselves. It is he that keeps us and not we ourselves. God says, I am that I am. And we ought to love him just because of who he is. But Julian, then he goes on in the text. He says, look, not only I am the Lord, he says, I'm the one who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one who brought you out of bondage. I'm the one who brought you out your situation. God said, if you, don't, if you can't love me just for who I am, can you love me for what I have done? For the things that I continue to do in your life, even when you don't ask for it, my grace and my mercy covers you. God says, look, can you just love me just for what I've done? Has he brought you out of anything? That was last week. God said, Maybe you love me for who I am. Perhaps you can love me for what I've done. Maybe, Brandon, just love me because I, for what I said. God says, look, I am the only true God. I am that I am. He said, look, thou shalt have no other gods before me, that nothing can usurp me in any area of our lives. God says, look, be careful that we don't idolize and put anything above God. I think it was Pastor Householder last week. I checked out his son. He said, look, for every family member, and I think this is so just simple. He said, if you want to bless your family, you want to do something for your family, put God first. Yes, we got to pursue. Yes, we got to go after the things. And yes, we got to position and power. But God said, he said, put me first above all the stuff. 
He said, I will open up the windows of heaven and shower down blessings. If you just put me first, if you just give me some room. That was last week. But as we think about where we're going, uh, and we think about this week, as we think about the word, he says to us this week, we ought to consider the words that shapes us. He says in verse 7, Exodus 20, verse 7, that thou shalt thou shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So listen, my daddy, when he used to hear me talking around the house, and depends on what I was talking about, he would say, boy, better watch your mouth. And I understood what he was talking about because I probably wasn't talking about what I should have been talking about. It was the, the content of what I was talking about. It wasn't right. And as he kept listening, it had been time to time, he said, um, boy, you better watch your mouth. You know who you're talking to? In other words, he said, look, I brought you in this world. And I'll show sure enough take you out. This is my father saying, you better watch your mouth. And then there was times that he would say, um, how are you talking to me? You better watch your mouth. How are you talking to me? Not only what I was saying or who I was talking to, it was like how I was talking to him. He's like, no, you're not that big that you can talk to me any kind of way. I want to use this idea of watch your mouth as we do the backdrop to taking the Lord's name in vain. And so listen, um, as we get down this road and really start to take a look at this, there are three considerations. Instead of focusing how we take the name of the Lord in vain, I'm saying we ought to honor the name of God. How do we not so focus on what we do that we fall short, but how can we talk about how we adore him, how we celebrate him, how we honor the name of God? And in doing so, then there's not likely a chance we'll continue to take his name in vain. One of the things we got to understand that your words matter. Your witness matters. And your work matters. I want to focus on the first one. First of all, your words matter, so watch your mouth. It's in James 5. It says, but above all things, my brethren, he says, swear not. Neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. He says, lest ye fall into condemnation. What am I saying? I'm saying, look, sometimes we try to put some credibility on what we're saying. And we try to swear to some things, particularly to God, to give more credit, credibility. And God's saying, look. You need, we need to honor his name, that, that when we swear by anything, he said that we put ourselves in jeopardy of punishment. God is saying to us, listen, Hobielam, as a Bible-believing church, uh, this might be one of them times to just turn to your neighbor and say it's tight, but it's right. The word of God says, look, uh, be careful of how much we're talking about and how much we're swearing I'm going to throw a word out there, Brown, loquacious. Sometimes we try to be loquacious. And anybody know what loquacious means? I'm going to tell you. It means that you're very talkative, right? And when you're loquacious, you, you don't know how to stop talking. And sometimes less is more. There's caution when we're talking about stuff that we ought not be talking about. And we start to now drag in God's name on the end of that. God is saying, be very careful. He's saying to us in James, in Matthew 12, 36 through 37, watch. 
tight, but it's right. And I tell you this, you must give an account or judgment on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Jesus. The words you say will either acquit or condemn you. Now listen, listen. There's some stuff that we ought to stop talking about. I'm talking about taking the name of the Lord in vain. We cannot just attach, piggyback the name of God on all the stuff that we're talking about. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. By over-talking, by talking about stuff we ought not to be talking about, by, by trying to put some things in context for somebody else to believe, we put ourselves in, in harm's way. At some point, we just got to be about what we talk about. Either they're going to believe us or not. How about we let our light so shine that they can see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven? We don't have to swear by anything. Somebody needs to hear, maybe it's me this morning, watch your mouth. Watch, watch who you're talking to. At some point, we've got to understand that the word of God trumps anything we have to say. At some point, we've got to understand that less is more. Then there's this little member. Let's talk about it. James 3, 8 and 9 say, look, nobody can tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. It is a, a restless and evil full of deadly poison. So we're wrapped up in this body of flesh. And when we become a believer, the promise is that the spirit of God comes in and dwells the believer. Paul talked about that there was an ongoing struggle between our flesh and our spirit. Paul talked about the fact that there are some times that things we would do, we don't do. Some things we say we never do, we find ourselves doing. There's some things we say, well, I'm not going to talk about it. And as soon as it gets teed up, here we go. Somebody's bringing us down the road. At some point, we got to allow for the spirit of God to, to allow us to be silent. Here's the problem. Sometimes we're talking when we should be quiet, and we're quiet when we should be talking. It says sometimes it, it praises our, in the same time, we praise our Lord and Father, and sometimes the tongue, it curses those who have been made in the image of God. The same mouth, the same tongue. The same opportunity to give praise is the same opportunity we take for profanity. The same tongue that we provide blessings is the same tongue we take to provide cursing. At some point today, the word of God, as it comes forth, we shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. We won't just attach anything to the name of God. That we all, my prayer is that the spirit of God would quicken us. The moment we start to talk about something we ought not be talking about, the moment we go down a road, if, you know, you might be talking on the phone and it might start, not you, but the other person start a little gossip. Can you just say, excuse me, can I call you back? Can, can you just get to a place in a space where you know it will be to your benefit? It will be to your benefit to tell a little untruth and it'll make all this go away. God says, speak the truth and stand on this truth. Because the moment we tell a lie, we've got to tell another lie to cover that lie. And as, as a child of God, it matters what we say. Your words matter. We got some cover. James 3 and 10, it says, look, watch your mouth. So blessing and cursing come pouring out the same mouth. He says, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. This is not you. This is us. This is the struggle that we have. 
as the people of God. And God is saying, I love you so much. Not only do I don't want you to take any other gods before, uh, before me, no other gods, but I want you to, when you take my namesake, I want you to mean it. Matthew 26, we'll get to. Your words matter. Listen, when we pray, when we pray unto God, he taught us. He says, look, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed and holy has the same root. Beginning. Separated, exalted above anything is the, the name of the Lord. It's God and everything that is associated with God. It is to be separated from anything else. It is hallowed. And as we come and we hear the word of God, we've got to be able to separate the things that we talk about, the things that we desire, the things that we wishes, and see God for who he is. Prayer. When we pray unto God, it's the same words. He asks. When we praise him and we just finish spending time in corporate praise, it is the same tongue that can use profanity in a minute. It's the same tongue that can be purge itself and, and swear one thing and do another. It was Peter, just to help us out, because we got some, some room to go. It was Peter that when Jesus had been arrested, Peter was, the Bible says he was following afar off. He was not close because he didn't want to associate himself. Though he was a follower, though he saw the miracles, though he was called, though he was a disciple. It was Peter, that Peter, the one whose name was Simon, who now was Cephas, that was now Peter, which means rock. It was the rock that was following afar off. And when a, a damsel said, wait a minute, you're one of them. You're a follower of Jesus. He said, I don't know him. His words, Matthew 26, 69, Matthew 26, 71, it says that he swore, that he made an oath. He said, I swear, I don't know him. And then the third time when the people said, no, you're a speech. No, you are Galilean. You're one of them. And it was Peter's, Bible said he cursed he swore, he said a cuss word, he said, I don't know him. And at that moment, the cock crew, and he was reminded that Jesus said, before the cock crows, you would deny me three times. The same Peter, he ran out and he wept bitterly. He repented. So what am I saying? I'm saying, listen, we're not going to get it right all the time. Our words not going to always come out the way we want. We're going to fall short. There's some things that we're going to do. Repent. Clean it up. Over and over till we get it right. We have to understand, listen, the moment we are taking the name of the Lord in vain, the moment we sin, it separates us from God. And that is not even the punishment he's talking about. That's just the punishment is not being close to an almighty God. Now he's saying to us, repent. Get back in right relationship. Our words matter. So I'll share this. Um, this is my testimony. Uh, I'm not going to take you too far back, I promise. It's, it's going to move. But I'm going to take you to the ninth grade. Somebody just tuned me out. Hang in there. It's going to go quick. In the ninth grade, um, I couldn't dunk a basketball. 
I wanted to badly. I had, at the end of the ninth grade, I was able to barely dunk a tennis ball. Then I went to a basketball camp, um, and in this basketball camp, was waiting for camp to start. There were 100 young men in this basketball camp. The Raging Cajuns, Bobby Pascal basketball camp in Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana. And I just picked up the ball, did a couple of dribbles, and I went up and dunked the ball. My, dunked the ball. It was, I was so high up in the air. I'm like, wow. I was like, why do I have these rims so low and camp is about to start? And it wasn't low at all. It was regulation. I don't know what happened. I don't know. But I know that something happened in that moment. And so I had a nine-foot go in my, at my house, and I knew how to do all kind of dunks. I'd rock it, go backwards. I'd do all kind of stuff. Guys start gathering around. I was tripping myself out. I'm like, what is going on? So I ended up winning a dunk contest, finished the camp, go to the senior high, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. And the basketball coach was also the track and field coach, Donald Batiste. I had so much reverence for him. And so Donald Batiste, he's the one that uh, said, Brown, he said, you're going to high jump for me. I said, coach, you, you didn't hear, man. I, I just want a dunk contest. I'm a basketball player. And uh, he said, you're going to high jump for me. And because of my reverence and respect for him, I did. I was horrible. Eventually, I got better. Fast forward to the state meet my senior year. If you know anything about the high jump, you don't play defense. They call your name. You go jump and try to jump over the bar. The next person gets up. There was a guy at the, bas- at the state meet walking around, Brandon, talking about, I don't know why you came. You should have stayed home. You ain't going to win anyway. I was like, what? I'm like, who is this? He goes, to, not just me, walked around. Man, where you from, man? You should have stayed home. You ain't going to win. I'm like, who is this guy? Eric Willard Lee. Had the competition. It finished up. I go to one school, southeast Louisiana, for basketball and track. They dropped their track program. I transferred to Northwestern State. I walk in the room. Guess who's my roommate? <laughs> Eric Willard Lee. I was like, you got to be kidding. So I watched him. But he was different. Hear me, Hope Elam. This is my testimony. This gentleman was different. Kept walking around, his words, talking about a fellow named Jesus. And I watched him. I remember one time in our dorm room, just six by nine, he said, Brown, he said, man, I want to be a champion like you. I said, Eric, nah, man, I said, I want to be a champion like you. I want what you got. And in the middle of our dorm room in Natchitoches, Louisiana, it was my words. I lifted my hands up to the Lord. Eric Lee led me in the sinner's prayer. I asked the Lord to come into my life. The same tongue, the same word. Come into my life. I'm broken. I need you. God, change my life. I believe in your son. He died for my sins. Clean me up. God, I want to walk with you. And at that moment, Hope Elam, my life changed. In that moment, I know God showed me, Eric Lee, how he was. That was for me. So that I can really understand that he is who he says he is when he was my roommate. I don't know who I'm talking to. Who's watching you? What are your words? What is your life suggesting to them? Because God is you. Who, who led you? 
Here's, the, here's really the key. Eric Lee was the best man in my wedding, a friend to this day. He's a brother in Christ. And what I'm saying is that is my testimony, but it's a reflection of yours. Can I just share something with you? Since that day, you better believe I've used profanity. You better believe I've fallen short. You better believe I've taken the name of the Lord in vain just because of ignorance and a whole lot of other stuff. But the more I come to understand who he is, the better I can worship him for who he is. So this is not saying you better watch your mouth. I'm saying we better understand who it is that we're talking to. We better understand who it is that we're talking about. The God of my salvation is the God that I was praying to. So there should be something in our spirit that, that, that is disturbed when there's something that's not right. If we're comfortable whenever somebody's just profanity all over the place, we're comfortable whenever somebody's just swearing and using Jesus in the midst of all that, I'm not saying you have to challenge them, but I'm saying you got to let your light shine. Yeah. All right, we got, we got to go. The words matter. Your words matter. Not only that, your witness matters. This is the piece that I couldn't really get to at nine, but I want to try to just. When we take, the, take on the name of the Lord, when we choose to become a Christian, to become a child of God, we take on his namesake. We ought not take the name of the Lord in vain. To take it is to accept the name of the Lord. To, to, to take it is to receive the name. To take it is to, part of uh, the definition, to take on the name, is to marry him. Do you know we are the body, we are the bride of Christ? That to take on, when we take on the name of the Lord, then there is a responsibility that comes with walking as a child of God. God said, if you're going to take on my name, say, be careful how you walk. Be careful of your witness. Because there's people watching you. He said to this, listen, I love you. I don't want you to have any other gods before me. And if you decide that you're going to take on the name of the Lord, don't do it in vain. Vain is worthless. To take on something in vain, there's no value. To take on something in vain, there's, there's, no, there's no worth. God says, if you're going to take on my name, say, that means something. Listen, it means something to be called a child of a king. It means something to be called light of the world. As, the, as our witness impacts the ability for other people to come in to know he is who he says he is. So you might be wondering, well, what, what, what's in the name? How do we take on his name? And what's in the name? Sometimes we know God as God. And he is. He is Elohim, the creator. But when we know him as Elohim, the creator, then we're praying to a God that we know who can make something out of nothing. We're not just saying God, because he is God. He knows what we need before we ask. But when we engage him because we are taking on his namesake, and his namesake suggests that he is Elohim, we're praying because God specifically, God, we want you to, to, to do something that only you can do. When we know him as El Elyon, that means we know him as the most high God. That, there might be some giant situations in your life, some things that you think that, that no one can help you with. The most high God, there's nothing too, too hard for God. Maybe you're here in this El Shaddai. Can I just say this? If you're in a situation where you've done everything you could and you don't think there's any more, El Shaddai, can you just 
Go to him in your closet and say, God, I know you are the Lord who is mighty. You are El Shaddai. Specifically, God, can you move on this situation, God? I'm praying specifically. God, can you just be Jehovah Jireh? Can you be Jehovah Shalom, my peace? And by the way, um, Mary Alice. Okay, I'm just right in the middle of the sermon. If you know Mary Alice, you know someone who uh, the psalm that we read, Psalm 8, it talks about the majesty of God, how majestic he was. It talked about the stars and the moons. It talked about the creative order of God. Right on the front desk with Mary Alice, we just, we just went in and giddy, 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 giddy about just the creative order of God, how majestic he was, how we look at the stars and we look at all his creative order and how magnificent he is. We went in how much she loves to pray. And by the way, we lost Mary Alice this past Tuesday. Um, I'm just saying, as we pray, we pray to uh, Jehovah Shalom. He knows that he's God. Shalom says he's the God of peace. Somebody's here. Your body's not right. You need a healing. Can you just say Jehovah Rapha? The God who heals. And then you take on his namesake because that's who he is. It describes the character of God and the nature of God, that he's all those things. depends on everything we need. God's got it. When we get to know him, we get to know him as Jehovah Shema. He's there. So at some point, our witness matters. How are we going through when we go through? What's different about us, Hope when we struggle? How do we... Um, show forth that the namesake of God, that he is El Shaddai, that we remain strong, that we don't just fall just because, that we fight, that we take on his namesake as the people of God. We're not taking on his name in vain. It means something to be a child of God. It means something to take on his name. All the names of God, what's in a name? There's a responsibility to keep your word. It's an oath. Great is thy faithfulness. He's going to do his part. Can we keep fighting? Can we work on being in covenant, keeping our word, keeping our promise? Sometimes we just say stuff that we really don't mean. We just, it's good in the moment. God says, no, the challenge today is can we keep our word that we're going to maintain what we talk about. We're going to be thoughtful and mindful of how we witness, how people see us, how we go through. There is something different as a, person, as a child of God. You may not be there yet. Just keep working. Keep fighting. Keep, keep, keep putting yourself in a space and a place on the namesake of God because you got to know who you are. Sometimes the, the world will let us know what they think, that you ain't this and you ain't that. What did God say that you are? God said that you are vessels of honor. That we are chosen. Can you accept the fact that God says that you are the elect? We are not what we do. When we accept him, we become the child of the king. There's a responsibility. Also, we become representative, ambassadors. We take on the, don't take on my name in vain. If you're going to take on my name, 
Know that you are representative of who I am. And as you walk with Christ, understand and know that I'm walking with you. Understand and know as you grow, other people can grow. There's an Eric Lee, Eric Willard Lee waiting for somebody. Your witness matters. Reverence, hallowed be thy name. All right. That's how we're going to finish it. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. We can choose to injure or inspire. Right now. Regardless of what has happened, there's blood, there's, there's the mercy and grace, that's, the blood of Jesus can cover all of that. What are we going to do from now on? When we come to church, we want to be encouraged. Yes, sometimes there's challenge. Your work matters. All these things. It's tight, but it's right. God loves us so much. God loves us so much, he just wants us to know how much he loves us with truth. God wants us to understand that he has given us the very best that he has. And the victory. God says, yes, as we go through the Ten Commandments, they're very relevant. There's a name that is above every other name. And that name is accessible unto us. It's at the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Whether we like it or not. Accept the challenge. Your words matter. Watch your mouth. Your witness matters. Keep thriving, keep striving. And what we do, it matters. Amen? Amen. Amen. God, we love you. We adore you. We thank you. We realize that, God, you don't make any mistake. You are omniscient, part of, you, part of who you are. That means you know everything. God, you are omnipotent. That means you're so powerful. There is none like you. All power is in your hands. Whether we acknowledge you or not. God, you are omnibenevolent. That means you are all loving. It's your nature. You are love. God, you are omnipresent. You with me right here and you with them over there. God, you with my mama, you with my daddy, you with everybody right now. God, that's the kind of God you are. Who are we to tell you how we ought to worship you? God, let us follow your word. No other gods. And let us not take your name on in vain. We love you. We adore you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. If you love the Lord, say amen. 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 Put your hands together. Can you stand as we worship? Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.